Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father God, we just praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to use this technology. Even even amidst the censorship industrial complex dynamics, as they call it today, we are blessed. And it is, I know personally, um, from personal experience that I I don't even know where I would be um, if it was not for your divine protection for me. And I'm not going to take up the whole show giving testimonies of it, but it's amazing. And I praise you for it. And I don't deserve it. Father, I praise you and I thank you on behalf of all of the people, any anyone who is listening either to the live stream or to the podcast version of this program. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener of the program, past, present, and future, will be touched by the presence of the Holy Spirit in such a manner that whatever is not harmonious with your perfect and divine pure will, the holiness that can only come from you, for we are to seek ye first the kingdom and your righteousness. We pray for a contrite spirit because we know that we are unworthy. We thank you, Jesus, for the for the um, the scriptures where you asked the question, "Who would love the mas- their master more? He who uh, committed few crimes and was for, I'm com- completely paraphrasing, but he who committed a, a few crimes and was forgiven, or he who committed many crimes and was forgiven? Not that not that." That's an invitation to sin, but it certainly certainly touches my heart because I, beyond any shadow of a doubt, qualify for the latter. And Father, I praise you for helping us to understand some of the things that many of our fellow brothers and sisters do not understand, and that in no way separates us, but it does give us a little extra opportunity and the conviction associated with Luke 12, verses 47 and 48, to whom much has been given, much will be required. And Father, in the days that we're in right now, we need an extra boost from the Holy Spirit, the presence of Him therein, us, to touch us, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ who lives within us, to help us to say just the right words, just the right tone of voice, at just the right time. And sometimes... In fact, more often than not, a few words, one or two, are better than many. And a gentle, kind, humble delivery is always more easily received, particularly in the days that we're in right now. And we need your help, and we're asking for that help. We're asking you to strengthen us in accordance with all of the scriptures that talk about you strengthening us, strengthening us, such as Isaiah 41, Isaiah 40, uh, I believe it's 31. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, on behalf of all of those who are participating in these prayers, and all of those also that may not be participating, but we're praying on their behalf. Father, we pray for all of those of us who have, how do I say this? I don't know exactly how to express it, Father. For for those of us who are 
awake and aware. There are so many of our fellow brothers and sisters who are awake and aware to the the things that are happening to some degree or another across all of the world. However, there seems to be a subset of those who have linked all of the bad things that are happening across the world, correctly so, to your Holy Scripture, to note that clearly we have moved forward in an unhindered manner, such that with all of the prayers of our fellow brothers and sisters across the world. I won't go into specifics. I don't want to pick on anybody. But Father, you know what I mean. It's just so evident that so many of them have not yet connected it to the Olivet Discourse, reading like a newspaper, have not yet connected it to the end times timeline associated with the seals of Revelation chapter 6 and how rapidly we're moving through them. And for those of us, Father, who have been so blessed, although it also carries within an emotional burden, no question, very difficult sometimes to deal with it, very difficult. For those of us who understand enough of these things to be aware that we are ever so close, could be years still out. We understand that. could be a lot longer than we think, too. We understand that. We know, Father God, that you are, you are the one. You are our Father, and vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. And, Father, we know that in your perfect timing, you will inject judgments into the planned timeline of the darkness exactly as you always have. However, we also know, and nor will we pray against your holy judgments, for they are holy. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness, Isaiah 26, 9b. And we praise you for that understanding, Father, because it helps us to embrace the concepts that would evade most, I would submit, probably the vast majority of Christians, they wouldn't really understand it. They don't seem to understand it, and they just simply point their fingers at and say, look what the devil did, look what Satan did. But we're we're so blessed by you, Father, that we we even understand Ecclesiastes 7.14 and Jesus when he said it rains on the just and the unjust. And Isaiah 57.1, where you said, Father, to Isaiah... That, um, that 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 you basically bring home your saints, that, and that and you take them away from trouble by virtue of removing them or allowing them to leave the earth. Praise God, Isaiah fifty-seven one. I love it so much. The righteous perishes and no one takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous are taken away from evil. Father, we want to be able to do, first we want to be able to tell you that we love you with all of our heart. And we want to mean it. 
And we're asking you, Father, to pour out your presence into our heart to nurture us, to give us a holy hug, the heavens, to touch our lives so that we are able to feel it. When we seek you, we need to feel the intimacy. We pray that you will overflow us with love as we confess with the power of our tongue, for there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And we confess, Father, just as we were taught in How to Heal the Sick by Charles and Francis Hunter, that was how they fell in love with you, by saying it over and over every day, every day. And we love you, Father. We love you because you're amazing, because you loved us enough to send Jesus here, and then Jesus, how awesome and how heartbreaking. And at the same time, for some unexplainable and and a reason that I clearly do not understand, particularly on my behalf, but note, but I am able to note it. I I know it's a blessing. But many of us are deeply troubled by that which surrounds us. And we pray always, and I believe, Father, with all of my heart right now, that for those of us who do understand that we have journeyed deep into chapter 6 of Revelation, that the seals have been broken and the scrolls are rolling out, even as we pray tonight, we realize that um, even amidst... It's such a duplicitous and difficult walk because we cannot, why were we chosen? I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why I was chosen. I'm a big ball, crybaby, overly emotional person, and I I just have a real, real hard time dealing with the horrible things that are happening out there. I really do. And I know that there are many of us who have a real, real hard time dealing with them as well. And Father, we pray that you will forgive us if there are times when we just can't take it anymore and we need a break. But we also pray and ask you to anoint our hearts so that we will desire to be in your presence, even though we might feel a little, I don't know what the word is, troubled. Tribulation, it means troubled. We're in the tribulation, no doubt. Tribulation now, right now. We've been in it for quite some time, but nothing like it is now. And the threats that are coming down from the darkness are so impactful. So we pray always. And we pray, Father, for an anointing from the Holy Spirit and the presence of our Lord Jesus in our spirit. For it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us, the Spirit of the living God, the Godhead. As a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people, we ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would anoint and touch each one of us, that we will seek more and more. We will make a transition more and more from being overwhelmed with the threats of the darkness and the imminent incredible ugly that faces each one of us. We just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will lift up into our spirit the importance, and that's an understatement, really, 
the importance of Luke praying, Luke 21.36. I praise you, Father, for showing me just recently that Luke 21.36 is specifically for us. It wasn't for the people in the 1600s, although they might have thought so. It wasn't for the people in 1836, the LNG White folks and such. They thought it was, but it wasn't. It was for us. That scripture was specifically for us because it's side by side. It's interwoven with that parable of the fig tree of when the when the buds are turning green and we look at it and we know that the season is upon us and there's no doubt in our mind. And then right harmoniously, right after that parable, we it the scripture supernaturally merges into a prayer or a, an admonishment for us to pray always, to be found worthy, to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, the Son of Man, Jesus. And the only place that could be is inside the city gates. And so many don't even understand the basics of the layout of heaven. And I praise you, Father God, for those who have revealed it to us over the last 12 years, intermittently, through various guests and books that I've read and such. It's a wonderful thing to understand. We praise you, and Father, we pray that you will lift up Odin Hetrick and just let him know that we thank him for his, him and his, uh, his daughters. Some of them are still alive, I think. Um, because it, it ties everything. It, I don't want to say it ties everything, but it surely does tie just about all we need to know together. So when we look at many testimonies of heaven, we listen to Odin's testimony and it gives us that and so much more. It just links it all together into a beautiful tapestry of understanding that we otherwise wouldn't be able to have. We praise you, Father God, for the reading of Dale Dale Black's testimony from Flight to Heaven on the last prayer vigil. We praise you for that because it, I will say this, it certainly touched me. It touched me a lot because it, I realized, I wasn't sure because I hadn't read it in so many years, Father, but I, what a blessing to recognize that Brother Dale never entered through the pearly gates. He saw how vast they were, the hundreds of meters high the center part of the gates were, and the huge angel that guarded the gates, and the incredible glory light, and the amazing number of people that came to see him and welcome him, and all of the love that he felt, all while he acknowledged that he did not know who they were. But we do because of your kind generosity and unbelievable mercy. Father, I praise you for the encouragement that you have given me by opening up this Wednesday for a part two of uh, the last program where we're talking about the cosmology of creation and the layout of the universes and the life forms and all that. It's so exciting. 
it's encouraging that, to me that 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 this Wednesday opened up for a part two because it's blessing the person who was normally a guest on that night and opening up an opportunity to continue with part two while the first part is still fresh in people's minds. What a blessing. Father, I also want to praise you for all of us that are gainfully employed and in, and in the age range of employment. Not that anyone who's retired is safe from the grip of the global satanic crime syndicate unless we pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, Jesus. We praise you. Father, I want to thank you for the testimony that I received today from Brother Scott. doesn't listen to the program, admits it straight up, and that's fine. And I, um, this, this particular brother, father, as you know, is very young. And, um, but I thank you for the, uh, I praise you for the testimony that he sent. Or the article, yeah, it was an article and an embedded video, so it was a testimony and an article from a woman that was part of the LGBT trans group who had, whereby there was an attempt made on her life and she survived and she ended up having a God moment and now she's serving you being commanded to take back the rainbow. And I praise you for that, Father, because I admit that I have been so disgusted by that entire attack against Christianity being orchestrated by the Antichrist, so disgusted by the behavior of so many that I don't know if they can even be reached. I mean, I just don't. I had, I'm lost because I've never seen anything so horrible, so disgusting in all of my life. But that testimony of that one woman from, C, from that CBN article was enough to kind of snap a finger on my forehead and help me to realize that we're to be praying for them too. And we pray that through your mercy and through an anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we will be humble and contrite, even as we see these horrible travesties of stuff happening. I don't know why we have to be exposed to it, but I suppose if we didn't know what we know through your grace and incredible mercy, well, then we would not be in a nearly as good of a position to prepare ourselves and to pray always to be found worthy to escape these things that are coming upon the earth. We thank you, Father, so much for the blessings associated with all of this to understand that the people that Dale Black saw outside of the uh, gates to the city on Mount Zion, the city of the living God, that those people were people that he knew before the foundations of the earth. People, that there's an entire, there are unspeakable multitudes of glorious saints that were 
part of who we were at one time prior to coming to this earth, which is the only way to explain the scripture and what it says outright. And we thank you for revealing it, that to us, Father, because it, it solves so many mysteries, not that we claim to have a perfect understanding and not that we, you know, certainly not. But it is very exciting to be able to embrace these things, even as a sanctified possibility. And more and more it appears, and I hope I'm not reading things wrong, Father, and I pray that you will correct my course if I am. But it appears, I don't believe in coincidences, and I just don't, I'm just amazed that there was a family event that caused the Wednesday cancellation, allowing me to, to do an immediate part two. That, that's amazing to me. And I just don't, and, and since it enables, it, it, it empowers the saints, since it expands their um, vision of our future, and our understanding and our hope. I cannot accept or imagine that the darkness found a way to shift the radio show schedule around that I would be able to do a part two. Why would the darkness do that? Darkness doesn't even want this information to be put out there. So it had to be you. And I praise you for it. It almost feels a little bit like and a, a, a little bit of a stamp of approval, and I pray that it is, Father, because I want to be able to help as many people as I possibly can. And I don't want to be wrong, but I accept that if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. But I have to wonder, even with 1 Corinthians 8, 2, and the humility that that should shower down upon us as we investigate the mysteries of our existence and your incredible holy city and all the suburbs and the country mansions, the beauty that we cannot possibly imagine. It enables us, it empowers us, it gives us strength, it gives us hope. And we do pray, Father, please, Lord Jesus, please, we love you, 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 Father, we love you. I love you, Father. Everybody here should be telling you that they love you too. And we are asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to pour out more, more of yourself, more love, more love, more love through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, more love of the Lord Jesus overflowing in our hearts to touch other people, to spend extra time in prayer, to pray for the lost, to pray for the people that are doing these awful, terrible things. Father, so many of them are powerfully demon-possessed. You can't even imagine how many of them are probably victims of satanic ritual abuse. It's even possible that many of them, being Generation Zers, are are actual offspring of people that were satanic ritual abuse victims. How awful is that consideration? Humble our hearts, strengthen our spirits, Father, we pray. And Lord Jesus, fill us with your love. Give us the hope that we need to continue this journey because it it it. I don't think I can put words together to describe how incredibly difficult it is. 
it's such a blessing to know or believe that that we have a pretty good understanding of what's going on and what happened, why we're here, who sons of God are actually referring to, our pre-existence, the glory that we have coming our way. I mean, even if we're, we're just like Dale and we don't even get to come into the city, just listening to his testimony about the area that he was walking about in, it was just tear-jerking. and just any, I mean, how could you even read it and not cry? I don't understand how somebody could do that. I want to go home. And I know everybody, I believe in my heart that every single person listening to this program wants to come home too. But we love you, Father, and we know that you want us to do stuff. We don't understand how we're supposed to get through all of this ugly. We don't understand how we're supposed to live a joyful life knowing that, you know, what what the forces of darkness have planned for us. But uh, it does put us in a place where we have to trust you to straighten our path. We have to trust you, and we have, and and through that love, oh Lord, let us just shower us with a revelation of love, that that we feel such peace from being in your in your presence in the secret place of the Most High, in prayer, just immersed in prayer, absolutely immersed in prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray, please, if it is at all possible, if we haven't dorked up so much that it is possible, which I, from the scripture, I can't see a reason why to ever believe that. The parable of the workers in the vineyard and how you rewarded them all the same, even when they came late. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of our relationship. It's a matter of our love for you. And we ask you to divinely and supernaturally, through the presence of the Godhead in us, to anoint each of us that we fall so deeply in love with you that we cannot stand to not be in your presence. And that we feel robbed and jilted when we have to leave our prayer areas, our chairs, our closets, whatever we call them. It's hard for me, Lord. I can say that for sure. It's real hard. When I'm deep in prayer with you in the morning time, and Father, I'm sorry, but my knee, I'm trying to take care of my knee, and I don't want to pray on my knees, and then I hurt myself again, and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that, and I don't care. Whatever you want, Father, I'll you know, it's not a big deal. Thank God that if it's if I do need knee surgery, praise you, Jesus, that it's gonna happen while hopefully while I have an insurance. I thank you, Father God, for answering the the prayers and I continue to and I think that each of us that are in the workplace should pray to you, Father, to make our workplaces healthy. Because during World War One, World War Two, and World War Three to come, but World War One and World War Two are clearly excellent examples, as well as the United States Civil War. I can't speak for other wars because I'm just simply not. I assume that they are the same in this sense. 
And that is that as those wars were happening, people were still going to work. People are still going to work in Kiev. People are still going to work every day in Odessa, Kharkiv. People are still going to work everywhere that there's war. There are people still just going to work. So we know that until the forces of darkness are allowed, that you, I believe that you will provide work for us. I believe that there will be surviving companies. I just cannot imagine everything completely shutting down all at once. I don't think it's going to happen quite like that. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Some people believe otherwise. And I, I'm, it's your, your call, Father. We're, we love you and we want to serve you in whatever manner that you wish for us to serve you. We know that you want to help us bring in the harvest. And we know the best way to do that is through prayer now. Clearly. Because, well, because Christians are getting arrested. Pastors are getting arrested. Pastors with megaphones. Uh, all the things that are you know, done publicly nowadays in certain states are resulting in people being arrested, taken to jail. And it's only the beginning. Father, we ad- I admit to you right now with everyone else that I'm a little bit sad that Papakotopetl has slowed down its eruption pattern. But that's okay. I assume that we're all going to be here for at least Donald Trump's election in 2024, although I know that the forces of darkness are going to do everything to stop it. And the other thing I don't know is if they're going to try to stop it forcefully before the election date. But only you know. And Father, we also know because you are a God of vengeance. And that is none of our business. That's your business. Our business is to be full of your love, Jesus, so much so that we cannot stand to even imagine some of these people that disgust us, quite frankly, burning in hell. Please change our hearts and renew our minds so that we're able to endure the exposure that we suffer gracefully, recognizing that these behaviors, which are utterly repulsive, are because of demons and very, very dark, unfortunate upbringing circumstances. And that with the right touch and the right supernatural dream, the right supernatural vision, that incredible testimony like the one that the lady had, take back the rainbow. I just want to say thank you, Father, for opening my eyes because I was getting to a place where I was so disgusted I didn't even want to pray for them. And that's just not right. And I'm sorry. And I thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just ask you that all of us, I don't know where everyone is, and I'm not talking about just the listeners of this radio show, not at all. But those of us believers who recognize clearly that we have entered in to Revelation chapter 6 in the midst of the seals unraveling, 
we see the things happening around us, and we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will anoint us with love overflowing, that we will spend ample time in your presence in prayer, more extra time indeed, and praying always that you will find us worthy, even while we can't imagine how, (laughs) except by your unbelievable mercy and your love. And we want to have that love for you. Jesus, we pray that you will fill us with love for you that is beyond our understanding. Let us sing songs to you. Let us praise you. Let us speak in tongues for 15, 20 minutes, uh, 30 minutes straight, just lifting up all of the people in our, that we pray for every day. Knowing that that gift is so powerful. Thank you, Father, for the testimony. Thank you for helping me understand that it is the one way our prayers will bypass any attempt of the darkness to thwart them or hinder them. What an incredible revelation that is. It's it's amazing. Just amazing. Father, we lift up those of us who are in this situation. We thank you for this burden and blessing. What a paradox. A burden and a blessing. Because if we didn't carry the burden of knowing, then we wouldn't be blessed to realize, relatively speaking, how close we are. And we anticipate with, I would submit, a pretty high level of likelihood that you will inject judgments to derail the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. But again, you know, to derail their timeline, just, you know, like like Elijah and the uh, Priest of Baal story. We praise you for that. We don't know when these things are going to and and we and there and it may not be that way at all, Father. I understand that because when you lift your hand of protection off of any area of the world, then the darkness is allowed to attack it, and it appears to those who do not understand that it was the devil and the devil only because they just don't understand how the kingdom works. And Father, we just want to thank you. I'm, it's very difficult to live in this duplicitous paradox. It's almost like two parallel universes, really. It's very unusual existence to be so aware and to recognize how close we could be to our to the barley harvest. We might not even make it to 2024. We don't even know how this is all going to unfold. And we don't know how long we're going to be here, for sure. There's just no way to know for sure. And we praise you, Father, and we do. We do pray, Father, please. Not only that you will fill us continuously, with your love and our love for you, Jesus, 
and our desire for the utmost of an intimate relationship, a true hunger to be in harmony with your will and your presence and to feel good because we we believe that we are. I thank you for the little 1111s that I see here and there, sometimes in the doggondest places. <laughs> it's amazing. And I praise you so much for that. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray on behalf of all of the listeners and all of those who are praying with us now that each of us will be found worthy that you will overflow your love through us and intensify our relationship with Jesus exponentially, logarithmically, so that we hunger and thirst for that time in the secret place of the Most High. Because clearly it is the differentiator. It's that which will differentiate those, I think. It's that love. It's that relationship. It's that closeness. It's that first love. The admonishment of the Church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, in their report card, they'd lost their first love. Wow. That wasn't a good report card. Let us not ever allow anything in our lives to cause us to stay still and not grow ever closer to you in intimacy. We pray that any behaviors, any things that we do, any depression that comes upon us, uh, any challenges we have emotionally with the, with the trials and tribulations that we're all having to go through. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that that refiner's fire will continue to refine us and that we will be directed, that we will pray so much to you, Father God, that Proverbs 3.5 becomes our life that we trust you. What a wonderful place it is, as hard as, as it is, to see all the things that are happening on the earth right now and the, the unbelievable evil of these fallen seraphim, these, these entities, these entities, these fallen watcher creature things that are running all these countries. It's really disgusting. But it's part of the divine biblical timeline, clearly. And the Antichrist is in place. It's just a matter of time before something bad enough happens that they institute martial law and he takes control under PDD 51 or National Security Directive number 51 for the continuity of government, fully redacted, by the way, with the exception of the introductory pages. But we know what's in it, don't we, Lord? Praise your name. 
We don't know every little thing, but we know enough, and we know who it's going to put back in power. And quite frankly, I I hope our departure is either before that or milliseconds after its revealing to those who do not already know it. And Father, we pray for your forgiveness and love and mercies to fall upon all of those who are unable to accept the things that you have shown us, even in our imperfect understanding of it all. We just simply ask you to fill us with so much love, so much adoration, so much intimacy, so much desire to walk in harmony of your divine will, to please you, that you will guide our, you will make our path straight, just like it says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all ways, Spend time with the secret place in the secret place of the Most High and talk to you, Jesus, all day long and thank you and praise you. And just let one day at a time go by. Not worry about a thing. And understand that you have all these things in your hands. And then we can believe Proverbs three five that you will make our paths straight. And if our paths are straight, the likelihood that we're going to trip and fall and break through the guardrail and flip down the hill and have to restart the whole process, not the entire process, but let's just say have our walk hindered instead of ever increasing, hopefully logarithmically, and our intimacy and our love because we know that if we don't, every single thing that we do, every single thing that we think, every single prayer that we pray, every act that we, every good deed that we do, none of it matters if it doesn't come from your love. None of it matters. And without your love overflowing in us, none of it matters. Oh, you might answer those prayers, but... Any hope of reward in heaven will be lost. As Paul said, it will, profit, it will profit us nothing. Not that we're seeking profit. Quite honestly, Father, I know that you know my heart. I know that you know the hearts of every single person listening. It's all in Psalm 139. And I praise you for that. It's so awesome. Psalm 139 is so awesome. This is amazing. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm going to read Psalm 139. We just want to praise you and thank you, Father God, for considering us. We know we're not worthy. We're pretty sure that we're sinning in some way or another unwittingly, hopefully not wittingly. And sometimes we mess up. And Father, we just praise you and we thank you. And we pray that you will find us worthy, Lord Jesus. 
We pray that you will find us worthy. We sure are trying. We're definitely not perfect. And this surely is a an especially difficult time to be aware of such things, to actually have it thrown in your face. We praise you, Father, for that, this level of spiritual acuity and awareness that we recognize how crucial it is that our intimacy with you, Jesus, and the love that we need you to pour out into our hearts brings us harmoniously to a state of oneness with you. And then that love will overflow through us. And we will pray because we can't help it. We will give because we can't help it. And we will love no matter how awful, difficult, mean, whatever the dynamics are, we will still, in humility, love. I praise you, Father God. I also thank you, Father, and I pray that you will give a special hug, Lord Jesus, to Andrew Murray for all of his work, which is so incredible. Humility, this is a quote from Andrew, Andrew Murray, humility is perfect quietness of heart. Imagine that, perfect quietness of heart. Because our body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart are merged in oneness with the Godhead in the presence throughout the day. And that, and oh Lord, it's just so awesome. But you have to make that transition. You have to come to that place. It's a journey. It requires chastening and refiner's fire and experiences and, and eating crow and, you know, recognizing that we did, didn't do something as well as we ought to have and correcting our course continuously and constantly confessing. Oh, Father God, we praise you for helping us to understand these things. Humility is perfect quietness of the heart. Because we know that you got us, Father. You have this. We trust you. It says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, I believe it is, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you. Because we trust you. And when we trust you, Father, that trust comes because we love you. And we know that you love us. And Jesus, we know that you love us too, even though we feel unworthy. We would love to be 100% certain, but it's part of the journey to trust. It's part of the journey to hope. It's part of the journey to seek. It's part of the journey to immerse ourselves in your presence because we want to be in your presence. Humility is perfect quietness of heart 
It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to us, to feel nothing that is done against us. It is to be at rest when nobody praises us or even recognizes us. And when we are blamed or despised, we have perfect quietness of heart. It doesn't bother us. It is to have a blessed home in your presence, Father. Lord Jesus, our King, where we can go in and shut the door and kneel to you in secret, in the secret place of the Most High. And then we can be at peace as in a deep sea of calmness when all around and above us is trouble. Father, we pray that those words will be written upon our hearts and that we take this opportunity that we have now, right now, to draw in on that intimacy and the opportunity to pray always to be found worthy. To stand before you, Jesus, because we know the only way we could stand right before you is if we're at the wedding supper. Because you're sure enough not going to be walking around out in the country mansion area. You're going to be in the city. It's the only way we could be standing right before the Son of Man, our Lord Jesus, our friend, lover of our soul. We thank you for your sacrifice and we praise you. And we just ask for all the help that you mercifully are willing to give us to keep our path straight and to help us make the adjustments naturally, maybe whatever it is. We just thank you, Lord. Please find us worthy, we pray. Probably the most important scripture in the entire Bible for the fig tree generation. We praise you, Father, and we thank you for helping us to know that we are clearly beyond the beginning of the season. And this could drag out a little while, or not. And we praise you for the time, this time of intimacy, that it will grow into a beautiful glory light of joy because we know our citizenship is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight is, wow, Friday, June the 2nd. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Friday, June the 2nd. And the time now is 7.56 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And, since of course I was, I always forget something for every show. I always forget something. Okay, so I'm going to scroll down and look for, there it is. So, 
you watch, it'll be the wrong calendar. Yep, it is. <laughs> I always have to try like two or three times before I hit it right. Um, there's that one. No, 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 no. That one is not the one I want. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, that's what I get for uh, using DuckDuckGo instead of Google. I mean, in this particular case, Google actually finds the one I want, <laughs> ironically so. Praise Jesus. Hebrew calendar. I'm going to go. No. Well, look at that. I'm being, oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, so DuckDuckGo has taken over my Google, my uh, Chrome browser, so I cannot find the Hebrew date. I will have to drill down and really work it out. Okay, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So anyway, I'm um, going to have to do some computer repairs. Thought it wasn't. I thought the computer wasn't going to come up at all today. It installed some security patches, and it wouldn't come up. <laughs> I mean, it really wouldn't come up. Um, and I just said to myself, you know, I just started talking to you, Lord, and I said, Father, please take care of the computer. Father, please. It was almost... 20 minutes before the screen actually came up, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because this thing goes down, and it's, it's not a good thing. It's a really super bad thing. All right, so Hebrew calendar. I'm, I've got to find a good one for my, my cellular phone like I used to have. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's see what comes up here. Yeah, this isn't going to work out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's see here. Let's see if this one works. No. Here we go. No. Nope. So, on that note, I am not going to stumble over this particular computer failure on my end. I do not know what the Hebrew calendar date is right now. Um, and if somebody else does, then, you know, hallelujah. Um, uh, but, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, no, no, timeanddate.com, that won't do it. Hebrew calendar at Wikipedia, that won't do it. Cal nope, none of these will do it. Uh, I can try this one. Hebrew, no, there's a Hebrew month. Months of the Jewish calendar, nope, that won't do it. I can try this one. I can scroll to the actual date and click on the day and see what happens. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There we go. Let's see what happens. Well, lucky there. It worked. <laughs> Hallelujah. Perseverance. All right. So tonight is Friday, June the 2nd of 2023, the 13th of Savan, 5783. Hallelujah. And tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles. Or, if you prefer, the Shabbat candles. It doesn't have to be done on a Friday night. In fact, the Sabbath can be every day if you would like it to be, or if you'd rather it be Sunday or maybe not at all, and you're just having communion with the Lord and constantly in His presence. However you feel the best and the most intimate with the Lord is what's important. We are not under the law. I so wish that one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when the Apostle Paul, I think it's in, I'm not sure if it's in Galatians, I gotta, I gotta find that passage, but it's when the Apostle Paul went back and uh, he heard, he heard rumors that um, Peter and, uh, I think, I'm not sure who the other one was, but they were uh, going back into the law, you know, they were, 
They were going back into the law. And Paul dropped everything wherever he was, and he traveled all the way back to Jerusalem, and he whacked them upside the head. I would have loved to have been there. Now, of course, it doesn't say that in the Bible that he whacked them upside the head. But let me tell you something. You know he lit into them. And um, and uh, it was because, I mean, and he, he really he said, essentially, in so many words, Paul said to Peter and the other apostle that was there, I think it was a couple of them, um, he said, if you continue down this path, you're, he's, he essentially, in so many words, Paul said, implied that it was endangering their salvation. I thought that was absolutely astonishing. Um, but anyway, um, and there's probably more details. I have to go back and read it all again to get all the details. But it is, it is, it's really sobering. I mean, it's really amazing when you start. I mean, the whole book of Galatians is all about this. You know, the Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans 14 is all about how we're not supposed to get ourselves a bee in our bonnet and start flipping out over things that are just not important, the foods that we eat and stuff like that, and you know, but f- some folks just, they're just how they are. God loves them too. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. We praise you for that so much. Thank you, Father. And I have lit three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit, the Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavahu v'ratzon in Chilanu, Zikaron Lemase Vereshit. Ki Huyom Techila Lemikra Ekodesh, Zechelitziat Mitzrayim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch atah Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our flesh. Our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your unbelievably precious blood. And Father, your holy fire, in Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you for your purification. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord.
Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
Search me, and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, You know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or flee from your presence? If I ascend in the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned before me. As yet, there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, Father. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, They would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, 
still with you. Oh, oh Lord, that you would slay the wicked. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do not hate them, O Lord, who hate you. Or do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I'm going to inject a thought here. When Jesus brought the covenant of love, the new covenant to the earth, he overrode, he, this, this, this is a um, clause of the old contract that was overwritten. It was um, loosed from the contract. We bind new clauses into a contract and we loose old clauses that are no longer relevant. We no longer hate for any reason at all. Very, very important to understand this. It's going to trip up a lot of believers. Verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. <laughs> I have a bunch of those. And see if there is any wicked way in me or any of us, Father, in Jesus' name. Lead us all, please, to the way everlasting. Please, Lord Jesus, find us worthy to leave this place and be in your presence at the wedding supper. We so desire it. We pray that you will look upon our heart just like these scriptures say that you do. And if we get any consideration for our yearning, when it's, it's not just a yearning, as you know, Lord, to get out of the way of the freight train heading our way. But it's also a yearning to be in the presence of your glory. To start the real journey, not the training that we're going through now. Boy, is this a, <laughs> whew, some serious training. Praise God. I want to share this with you. Oh, wait, wait. Before, before, before. First. Very important. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we pray that any entity of the darkness, worker of saint and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that the moment that it sets its will against us, that it is immediately struck by the holy fire of God in Jesus' name. We declare this. Hallelujah. We declare the holy fire of God, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, and a thorny hedge of protection to swirl around about our households on all sides. We plead with the courts of heaven for the assignment of a mighty warrior angel, maybe more than one, to stand guard at our dwelling place and our entryways. Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that your holy fire will surround our vehicles, that your angels will follow us wherever we go. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, for the assignment of a platoon of warrior angels on a search and 
destroy mission, to specifically ferret out any indirect attempts to come against us that we are not able to see or anticipate, to close and shut down any portals in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, to make good eyes blind and good ears deaf in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Father God, for having them ferret out all of the darkness that is out of our purview. We pray, Father God, for those of us who have jobs, that you will bless our workplaces. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, even if it's run by the darkest evil on this earth, we pray, Father, for our sake, that we are able to serve you and continue to serve you unhindered by your mercy. And we ask for prosperity to be given to our individual employers so that they are able to weather the forthcoming storm and we are able to continue to serve you. We thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare the fire of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to wipe out, to completely vaporize any earthly or spiritual weapons, any fiery darts, to wipe out and vaporize any demonic contracts or demonic agreements that were levied against us or our loved ones in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We declare this fire to be extensible and to expand outward and scatter the demons of darkness and to burn them into the pit. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we thank you, Father, for this divine protection. Anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, anything that allows these spirits in or through their territories, any attempt to come against us or our loved ones, we decree the fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar in the throne room and burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We praise you. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that that open heaven, that holy, where, the, where, the, where, the, where our prayers and the intensity of our prayers and the intensity of our time spent with you praying through and pushing through so that our prayers, uh, when spoken in English and not in the, 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 the you know, prayer language uh, and, the, and the tongues of angels, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus, Father, in Jesus' name, that that open heaven that, that was melted away, that firmament of the rock that was melted away above the spiritual realm where the demons and the, and the principalities and the stench of evil resides, unfortunately, around us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that those open heavens will stay open, that you will sustain them throughout the workday. Father, in the name of Jesus, if we trip up, if we have a bad moment, Father, we pray that you will sustain the opening and allow us to walk in open heavens and allow that holy fire to surround us nonetheless in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for you alone are worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share something really cool with you. Because I know in my heart that this is not a violation of copyright. <laughs> and it was shared with me by, uh, so this is a gift from Tatiana, whose mother lives in Odessa right now. And according to um, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who was the military advisor for Donald Trump in his last presidency period, um, one of the most, in my personal opinion, from all of my research, is probably one of the most astute military minds alive on the earth today. Anyway, long story short, he says, uh, I've been monitoring him for over a year now. And, um, you know, we, we know that we're being lied to and everything, but he kind of believes that 
it's highly likely that um, because of, he doesn't really understand what's going on with the Antichrist or any of that kind of stuff. All he knows is how wars work and how Washington works. And so he's thinking of it from a very militaristic, you know, hey, I'm a colonel and that kind of thing. But he says that it's highly likely after this so-called a Ukraine, Ukraine offensive, which he says will amount to nothing but a lot of death and a lot of destroyed equipment and ammunition. And then at that point, his expectation, right or wrong, is that the Russian Federation forces will move directly in to Kharkiv and Odessa. So maybe you can add Tatiana to your prayer list because she's, she's doing good. I mean, really, all things considered, and in talking to her mom over Skype in Odessa and facing what almost certainly appears to be inevitable, she's doing pretty good, and I've been praying for her. And um, anyway, she shared a song with me. She One of the things that she does, she's, she's an interpreter and knows multiple languages. She grew up as a little girl in Odessa, Ukraine, and was chased by Nazis because the Bandera Nazi movement never died. So when the Nuremberg trials occurred and Hitler ran off to wherever or or actually was killed, who knows, I, I've heard everything and I don't frankly don't really care because we've got Nazis crawling all over the world right now in our country, running our Senate and our House and everything else. So anyway, um, you know, it, 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 so Tatiana ran away, you know, when she was going to school as a little girl in Odessa, Ukraine, when, when the school bell would ring and they would let the kids out, she had to run for her life to get home run through people's yards, jump over, you know, privacy fences and, you know, shimmy underneath openings and all these kinds of things to get away from these Nazis that were trying to kill her as a little girl. They wanted to murder her. And she knew it. And this, if, I, if my estimation of her age is correct, would have been probably well over 20 years ago, maybe more. Probably closer to 30, 35. But anyway, um, so, you know, God has blessed me deeply because I would never, not, never, not even for a microsecond that I even believe any of the hogwash that's coming out of the mouths of these. Maybe some of them are unwitting people. Maybe some of them are being held hostage by the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. Maybe some of them are in fear for their lives. And maybe some of them are just shape-shifting reptilians. And those entities may burn in the bowels of Sheol forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Your will be done, Father. We will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Alleluia. I wonder which one. Is that Psalm 116.15? I need to figure that out. Wait a minute. No. Psalm 116.15 is precious. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. So I've got too many scripture cards. It'll take me too long to find it. 
I really have a big <laughs> – you should see this stuff. I started out by writing all of my favorite verses on three little 3 by 5 cards and then running them through a 5 mil uh, cheap laminator. And um, the stack kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it was like – then I have like three of my favorites that I carry around, and then I change my favorites. But I, they got to be in my pocket. If I ever, you know, when you do Zoom meetings and stuff at work, you have to change your shirt. You know, you don't want to go there in a tropical, you know, in a Hawaiian shirt like I wear all the time. Anyway, praise God. It's somewhere in this clearly one-inch thick stack of cards. Praise God. So anyway, I want to share this with you. Uh, This is from Tatiana. She um, is, you know, because she's an interpreter, and even when she was young, uh, and still living in the Ukraine, one of the things that she did um, was she would team up with Ukraine missionary groups that would go, you know, just go over to preach Jesus in the Ukraine. And um, I don't know how she coordinated all of it or who, you know, she probably had contacts and stuff in several of the churches over there, the Russian Russian, uh, Orthodox churches and such. But anyway, um, you know, so they probably reached out and called her, but she she spent a lot of her time, a, a remarkable amount of her time traveling with the Christian missionaries across the Ukraine, translating for them, even when she was much, much younger. Um. Anyway, so the reason I brought that up is because that's that's one of the reasons why she um, um, is so fascinated with, like, she listens to praise music from all over the world, and she sends me stuff. Some of it's, like, incredible, and I'm going to share something with you from this group. Now, I don't really know how to pronounce them. They call them, it's M-A-O-Z... Israel Music, M-A-O-Z, Israel Music. And, um, you know, basically, I've already done the homework for you, but you're more than, of course, encouraged to go to M-A-O-Z-Israel.org, M-A-O-Z-Israel.org, if you like. Um. But there's a great opportunity here to seed into the kingdom. Um, I looked into them, and they are all about Jesus. And so I just got to share this with you, okay? So first, I'm going to share with you the actual lyrics of the song, okay? Facing before our Father in heaven, we won't stop. Sorry. Hold on a second. I got to get my composure. Facing before our Father in heaven, we won't stop worshiping. Before Yahshua, Jesus, we lift our hands. We won't stop glorifying. Facing the hardships that exist for now, it's not worth giving up. Facing the fear we still hold on, fighting with our worship, with our worship. 
we will praise the name, the name above all other names, and we'll increase our worship against the increasing darkness. We will praise the name, the name above any other name, and we will increase our worship. We will fight against the darkness through worship, through worship. That's amazing. In the face of meaningless noises, in the face of an avenging enemy, in the face of pressure and rage, we won't back down before the beauty will bow our knees when your glory is revealed. In the place where one or two are, there your glory will be seen. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be his name, this way or the other. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. The Lord kept, and he will give again. I'm going to play this for you. This is just amazing work. Okay, something's not working, and I don't know why. Hold on a second. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we go. Adonai 
Praise God. <laughs> ah, looks like the devil didn't want me to play that. <clears throat> anyway, my uh, computer took another dive, so I'm waiting for it to come back up again. It'll be up in a little bit here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I uh, have some other things that I had queued up that I wanted to share, and I'm just assuming I, I, I'm sitting in a dark room with candles. Okay, um, you know, so I'm just kind of like sitting here by myself in a dark room with candles lit, um, waiting for the computer to come back up. Um, and if it's anything like it was this morning, it might take a while. Praise God. And what I wanted to share with you, I don't have the, um, I do not think I have that. Nope, I do not have the text on my phone, or do I? And even if I did, I would still have to do some other trickery to get it to work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Thank you, Father. Yeah, so wasn't that sound? That was just an uh, just an amazing song. Praise God. And the lyrics and everything just, oh, man, it's just so, so totally moving. All right. Well, anyway, yep, looks like the computer's going to take a good old long time to come up which uh, would not be my hope. Uh, I don't know why, but whatever the patch was that the darkness put on my computer, um, it is not very computer-friendly. Let's just leave it at that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I'm fishing in the darkness here for a piece of equipment. Might help me a little. I'm waiting for the computer to decide if it wants to come up again. Oh, yeah, I can't see. All right, hold on a second. I have to light, light up another light here. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm just going to have to wait it out. Whatever's going on here with the, uh, with the, uh, with the computer coming up. 
it doesn't come up fast anymore. There's like something going on. I don't know. Um, praise God. All right. So, all right. I'm putting you all on speakerphone while I hook up another contraption. Uh, since the computer is not coming up, it's doing what it did this morning, which is not good. Um, and I am going to attempt the first time I've ever done that with this phone. Oh, there it is. Let's see if it works. Nope. Not working. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to hook up uh, audio, but it's not working. Well, I guess there's no way on this model of phone to hook up a headphone except through. Huh. Okay. Well, doggone it. Oh, well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So. All right. So I have, um, I guess I have to work on contingency options for the radio show since um, this last Windows 11 patch was especially friendly to my computer. Praise God. Um, all right. So these little adapters don't work anymore on this new phone. I don't know how you do it. I suppose everything is Bluetooth nowadays. And so that means I'm going to have to get a special Bluetooth headset to continue the program. Actually, I do have one here nearby, but um, I don't know if it'll work. I can try it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I can't believe the computer is still trying to come up. This is awful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. All right, so. So. Well, I have no idea if you can hear me. And seeing as how the design of what do you know? An Hewlett Packard logo. <laughs> right about the time I'm hoping that you can hear me. I have no idea if you can hear me. I can, while I'm on this call here, praise you, Jesus, look at my – okay, so Vera says I'm back. Can you hear me now, Vera? Um, so I'm monitoring Vera. She's typing to me, praise God, while I'm waiting for the com main computer to come up. Wow, that's a long wait. Okay, she says that she can hear me. All right. Well, that's kind of good news. Praise God. So if the computer does not blow up again, we will be back in business. <laughs> I can't believe I just said pray prayer time is business. Hey, you know what? I guess it is business for the kingdom, right? Amen. So, um let me just go ahead and turn this on and assume that the PC will recover. I may have to take that last patch that I put on the computer and remove it. It does have a feature to do that, and I 
think I'm going to take it off as it seems to be causing me a lot of grief. But anyway, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So um, since the computer is clearly taking a remarkable amount of time to come up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to continue with the program um, and see if I can find what I was going to read to you. Um, and we'll just kind of wing it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so um, I need to go. I need to type the word dream and hit enter. And there it is. All right. Oh, wow. The computer's almost all the way up. Well, that took a long time, though. So i got to wait a little bit longer. Okay. Well, almost. All right. So I'm opening up the little book here. Okay, that's Chapter 3. This is Chapter... Hold on. Chapter 2. Now, wait a minute. Come on, computer. It's like taunting me. It's got its, like, login screen, but it won't give me a login prompt. <laughs> I'm going to have to install, uninstall that patch. Can't trust Microsoft. Well, who could ever trust Microsoft? Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, so we'll just have to let the computer do its thing. I'm going to read this to you, though. Um, hold on a second. Rubbing his hands over his face. Then the thought came, all right, all right. Okay, I'm, I'm just looking for, looking for the point in this. I had it queued up, of course, on the computer, but now I'm having to scroll. He walked with firm Swiss steps. Okay. Oh, <laughs> right on, right, right in time for me to log in. Isn't that just the monkey's tail? Oh boy. All right. So it's still taking its time to log. Oh, wait. There is a sign of life. So, um, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Father. We thank you for the technologies. We praise you for the opportunity to be able to serve you with these technologies. And we praise you for the patience to be able to deal with the weaknesses associated with these technologies. And um, we just give you all the glory. We just hope so much, Father, that we can please you and that you will fill us with your love and that we will spend more time. I love, Lord Jesus, how you say, how you did say, you know, during um, the Passover dinner, this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So basically Jesus was saying, and hold on a second, I'm making myself a little note here. Okay. And M-A-O-Z Israel dot dot O-R-G. Okay, just making myself a little note. All right. Well, it looks like it's not all the way up. Let me see if I can bring up a browser. 
All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So hold on a second. If I can bring up a browser, we're in business. <laughs> there I go again. Hallelujah, business of the kingdom. Um, still waiting. Still waiting. And, you know, I, what I really should do is I should take the time, and it is time-consuming, uh, but take the time to do a full system refresh and reboot before I start any show. Uh, but um, Friday nights are really tough because, well, like today, for example, praise God, um, we had a corporate all-hands, got-to-be-there meeting. And, of course, they had to schedule it at the very, very end of Friday, all the way past 5 o'clock Eastern time. So, you know, and then, you know, I've got to feed the dogs. i got to run around the house and do this, that, and the other thing and hurry, hurry, hurry and stuff. <laughs> Stuff some sardines in my – I actually – that's what I did. I ate a can of sardines for dinner. Praise Jesus. All right. So I'm still waiting for – it hasn't fully um, come up yet. It's like thinking. This is really odd. Okay, here we go. All right. Let me see if it will keep on coming. Some of the it, – it's not looking real good here, I've got to admit. But it might come back up. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, all right. Mm, do, 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 do. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Na, 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 na. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. I'm having to enter credentials into all sorts of things because it's not letting me do certain stuff. And I'm still waiting. Almost there. Okay, there's the Blog Talk Radio Studio. The Google chat did not come up, so that needs to be restarted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Um, wait a minute. Wow, that's really weird. What if I had some kind of a, I don't know, there's something strange going on here. I, th I wonder if I had a brownout, a uh, power outage thing occur. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What's it say? Network, Internet access. Um, oh, there's an app that came up. There's a good sign. This site cannot be reached. Wait, there comes Gmail. And here comes maybe Blog Talk Radio. We'll see. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see if this... Boy, it's really clumsy. Wow. Yeah, I got a, I got some technical difficulties here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's amazing to me that the... Um, yeah, it's just not coming up. It's like it can't get to the internet for some reason, which is why I'm thinking that it's a that it may be some kind of a brownout or something, and I'm just not aware of it. Although, I don't know, there would be that certainly would make a lot of things not make sense. Still waiting. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to kill this browser. I'm going to bring it up from scratch. I'll probably have a better shot, maybe. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how I sound all day at work, by the way. 
whenever nobody's listening to me and I'm, I'm like stressing out. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. Let's see what happens here. I mean, I have things that are saying that I have Internet access, but for some reason, Chrome is just not coming up. All right, so we'll try another browser type. And that's not working either. All righty then. Says Internet access. Says I'm connecting to the Internet, but none of the browsers are working. Now that is pretty weird. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Black has come up. The calendar's come up. The news stickers come up. Hallelujah. Wow. This is really strange. Well, all right. Yeah, the computer's just uh, not cooperating. All right. Well, I'll try one more time. Now, one more time. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, there might be life. I don't know. Don't want to get too excited. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, cool. That came up. All right. It only took like forever. Thank you, Lord. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Yep, hit enter. Boy, did that take forever. I've got to do some maintenance. I don't have any time. This weekend's booked up heavily. All righty then. Okay, so now I'm signing in. I've, I've got to do a little bit of trickery here with the Blog Talk Radio console if it ever comes out. Thank you, Jesus. And... Here we go. Hit that. Hit this. Come on now. Kill that app. Okay, now i got to go into the console. Studio. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for all of our trials and tribulations. Praise you, Lord. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill this connection. All right. So, after all that to do, I'm back. I guess I'm back on the air. I don't even know if I am. Wow. Oh, boy. So, Johnny Baptist has got to uninstall Windows 11 cumulative patch number blankety blank and say a really long prayer. (laughs) Praise God. And maybe the computer will come back up and I'll be able to do the show on Sunday night with Gary Wayne. Praise Jesus. All right, so let me go ahead and bring this up. I still got to come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, praise God, you're back. Um, says, my Internet crashed again. Just got off a 40-minute call with Bell. Something happened. Um, you are live and sound good. Okay, so looks like I'm not the only one. So who, who knows? Maybe we're under attack from... You know, some Zelensky minions or something. <laughs> you know what? They wouldn't like me. 
Um, as a matter of fact, if if they even if God even allowed them to see tribulation-now.org, they would put me on their little kill list. <laughs> it's like, I got enough problems, you know, I don't need like strange Ukrainian soldiers and stuff showing up in the middle of the night. Uh, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so um, I okay, I know what I wanted to share with you. I apologize for that enormous interruption. Um, I, I learned a lot of things uh, through this outage. One of those is that the very late model um, galaxies, the S-series Ultra 22s and stuff like that, they're 100% dependent on Bluetooth. So that means that that's a pretty big deal because I can I have these little headsets that I would normally put on as a backup plan if anything went wrong and then I would call into the show and complete the show with a headset you know that you plug into the phone through the 3.5 millimeter jack well the new ones don't have it now it's pure it's either Bluetooth or bust all right hold on a second I got one more thing I got to turn off here okay come on there we go. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Praise God. So anyway, um, where were we? So, oh, yeah, I was playing that incredible that incredible song uh, that, it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I, my estimation would be that you probably th- found it to be, um, you know, knowing the lyrics and everything, probably found it to be as um, worshipful as I did. Um, so anyway, um, I hope you were blessed by that. Praise God. Um, you know, and then, um, I hope I learned a lesson or two and I'll come up with a better, uh, you know, disaster recovery plan. (laughs) I guess that's what you would uh, have to name it anyway. Praise Jesus. All right. Now what I wanted to do, and we got, still got, Ooh, yeah, no, we still got a little bit of time left. I want to, I want to touch upon this if I can. Hopefully I don't have any more computer problems. (laughs) Along the journey, <laughs> praise Jesus. All right, and oh, came right up. That was kind of nice. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up. And okay, all right. So anyway, um, okay, okay, fair enough. All right. So anyway, this is an excerpt from the book entitled My Dream of Heaven. Now, you could do like I did and buy yourself a copy of it from Amazon for your Kindle. Um, Or you can just go out and type intramuros, like it sounds, Rebecca Springer, My Dream of Heaven PDF. And you'll find a free copy of it out on the Internet if you want to. All right. Praise God. But it's really really um, an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, book. Now, there, as with all books written about heaven, uh, well, no, I have to digress. I have to take that back. Let's put it this way. Um, we all see through the mirror dimly, and we all prophesy in part, etc. So there, as, when you read through some of these books, you will probably run across some things that don't make sense to you. Um, and, uh, and and you may even come to the conclusion that it's incorrect. Now, what I do is knowing that we all see through the mirror dimly and knowing absolutely that when people have dreams and visions, 
um, as well as prophesy, they it's always in part. They're they're seeing through the mirror dimly. They're not going to hear perfectly, and if they're you know, and so there's going to be error. Okay, it doesn't matter, uh, you know. And so I always have the deepest of appreciation of a fellow brother or sister who puts into that, like Sarah Manet did, where she injects a passage into her vision from 1979, and she says, at this point, the visuals were flying by me so quickly, I had lost track of time and yada, yada, blah, blah, that kind of thing. Now, that was a wonderful thing for her to inject into her vision, because first, those of us who study prophecies, dreams, and visions, and have for over a decade, you know, after a while, you get a little bit, you know, Practice makes perfect, right? And you start to detect things, and if you know the Bible well enough, you know, you'll... But uh, I just wanted to share with you that. The only reason I wanted to share that with you is because as I read this, there was... I got pretty deep into it, and there was some point where she had made a comment about something that she saw in heaven or whatever. It was silly. It was like... um you know, I didn't see any lions or tigers with the other animals, she said. And she goes, uh, she made the, the comment that those such animals are not here in heaven. And I knew right away when I read that, that that was not correct. Um, now, she may have assumed that when she was having the dream and then came back and ultimately ended up penning the book and putting it together. But praise God, I, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. This is right about the time. It starts out with her being sick of a deadly cancer, um, and she's basically in a type of a hospice, and um, she she was going in and out, in and out, and then at one point, she just kind of left her body and went to heaven, um, and that's what she wrote the book about. And I'm trying to get to the part where she she's entering into heaven, you know, and not going in and out and in and out. Anyway, so anyway, uh, I'm going to start reading this right here. It says, But my heart clung to the dear ones whom I felt not to see again on earth. And several times I stopped and looked wistfully back the way we had come. He was very patient and gentle with me, waiting always till I was ready to proceed again. But at, la but, but at last my hesitation became so great that he said pleasantly, You are so weak, I thought, I, I think... I had better carry you. Okay, so she is still on the earth at this point. Um, and then uh, she says, I felt so safe, so content uh, to be thus in his care. It seemed so sweet after the long, lonely struggle to have someone assume the responsibility of caring so tenderly for me. Um, and I'm trying to skim up to the point where she starts Okay. All through the grounds, older people were talking, sometimes in groups, sometimes by twos. She's not in heaven yet. The, wa the walks that ran in many directions through the grounds appeared to me, and the ones that fastened itself upon me, I looked breathless and speechless upon this scene, was purity, purity. No shadow of dust, no taint of decay on fruit or flower. Everything was perfect. Everything was pure. The grass and the flowers looked as though they were fresh washed by summer showers. And not a single blade was any color but the brightest green. By the way, if you heard the prayer vigil and the testimony of Doc, uh, Captain Dale Black, who's now a pastor with his wife Paula, 
um, he said exactly the same thing about the grass. So I have no doubt that she went to heaven. I just think, like all people, she made some assumptions that we now in the 21st century, because this was written back, I believe, in the 1800s, as I recall. Not a single blade was any color but the brightest green. The air was soft and balmy, though invigorating, and instead of sunlight, there was a golden and rosy glory everywhere. Of course, that's what I would expect someone to see if they were out in the country mansion area in the suburbs that, as uh, Odin Hedrick referred to them as, the country mansion area. Um, And it said, instead of sunlight, there was a golden rosy glory everywhere, which of course would emanate down from the city of God, Hebrews 12.22. Something like the afterglow of a southern sunset in the midsummer. As I drew my breath with a short, quick grasp of delight, I heard my brother, who was standing beside me, saying softly, Well? And looking up, I discovered that he was watching me with keen enjoyment. I had in my great surprise and delight wholly forgotten his presence, recalled to myself his question, I faltered, Oh, Frank, that I, when such an overpowering sense of God's goodness and my own unworthiness swept over me, that I dropped my face into my hands and burst into uncontrollable and very human weeping. Ah, said my brother, in a tone of self-reproach, I am considerate. And lifting me gently to my feet, he said, Come, I want to show you the river. When we reached the brink of the river, but a few steps distance, I found that the lovely sward ran even to the water's edge. And in some places I saw the flowers blooming placidly down the depths, amongst the many-colored pebbles, with which the entire bed of the river was lined. I want you to see these beautiful stones, said my brother, stepping into the water and urging me to do the same. I drew back timidly, saying, Oh, I fear that the water's cold. Not in the least, he said with a reassuring smile. Come, just as I am, I said, glancing down at my lovely robe which, to my great joy, I found was similar to those of the dwellers in this happy place. Just as you are, with another reassuring smile. Thus encouraged, I, too, stepped into the gently flowing river, and to my great surprise found that the water, in both temperature and density, almost identical with the air. Deeper and deeper grew the stream as we passed on, until I felt the soft, sweet ripples playing about my throat. As I stopped, my brother said, A little further, a little further still, the water will go over my head. Well, and what then? Oh, I cannot breathe underwater, I will suffocate. An amused twinkle came into his eyes. Though he said soberly enough, we don't do those things here. I realized the absurdity of my position and with a happy laugh, all right, I'll come on. And I plunged headlong into the bright water, which soon bubbled and rippled feet above my head. And to my surprise and delight, I found I could not only breathe, but laugh and talk 
and see and hear as naturally underwater as above it. I sat down in the midst of the many-colored pebbles and filled my hands with them. As a child, I would have done that. My brother laid down on them and as he would have on, on the, the green sward and laughed and talked joy, joyously with me. Do this, he said, rubbing his hands over his face and running his fingers through his dark hair. I did as he told me and the sensation was delightful. I threw back my loose sleeves and rubbed my arms, then my throat, and again thrust my fingers through my long, loose hair, thinking at the same time what a tangle it would be when I left the water. Then the thought came, as we at last arose to return, what are we to do for towels? For the earth thought still clung to me, and I wondered, too, if the lovely robe was not entirely spoiled. But behold, as we neared the shore and my head once more emerged from the water the moment the air struck my face and hair, I realized that I would not need a towel or a brush. My flesh, my hair, and even my beautiful garments were soft and dry as before the water touched them. The material out of which my robe was fashioned was unlike anything I had ever seen. It was soft. It was light and it shone with a faint luster, reminding me more of a silk crepe than anything I could recall. Only infinitely more beautiful. It fell about me in soft, graceful folds, which the water seemed to have rendered even more lustrous than before. What marvelous water! What wonderful air! I said to my brother as we again stepped upon the flowery, flowery sward, are all the rivers here like this one? Not just the same, but similar, he replied. We walked on a few steps. Then I turned and looked back at the shining river flowing tranquilly. Frank, what has that water done for me? I said, I feel as though I could fly. He looked at me with earnest, tender eyes, and he answered gently, it has washed away the last of the earth life and fitted you for a new life upon which you have entered. It is divine, I whispered. Yes, it is divine. And I will stop at that point. There's so much more and it's amazing and it'll make you cry. You won't believe how amazing it is. I want to read more. Maybe I'll read more. I'm going to read more. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. We walked on for some distance in silence, my heart wrestling with the thoughts of the new strange life, my eyes drinking in fresh beauty at every step. The houses, the houses, as we approached and passed them, seemed wonderfully beautiful to me. They were built of the finest marbles, encircled by broad verandas, the roofs or domes supported by massive, delicate pillars or columns, and winding steps led down to the pearl and golden walks. The style of the architecture was unlike anything I had ever seen. 
And the flowers and the vines grew luxuriantly everywhere, surpassed in beauty, even those of my brightest dreams. Happy faces looked out from these columned walls, and happy voices rang upon the clear air from many a celestial home. Frank, where are we going? At length, I asked. Home, little sister, he answered tenderly. Home? Have we a home, brother? Is it anything like these? I asked with wild desire in my heart to cry out for joy. Come and see, was his only answer as he turned into a side path leading toward an exquisitely beautiful home whose columns in very light gray marble shone through the green and overlapping trees with the most inviting beauty. Before I could join him, I heard a well-remembered voice saying close behind me, I just had to be the first to bid you welcome. And looking around, I saw the dearly beloved face of my old-time friend, Mrs. Wickham. Oh, Oh, I cried as we met in a warm embrace. You will forgive me, Colonel Sprague, she said in a moment later, giving her hand cordially to her brother. It seems unpardonable to intercept you thus, but in almost, in, in almost the first hour, but I heard that she was coining and I could not wait. But now that I have a lot of these 18th century terms, I don't understand them. Coining, for example, I don't know what that is. But now that I have looked upon her face and heard her dear voice, 19th century, sorry, I heard her dear voice, I will be patient till I can have her for a long walk. You must come in and see her now, said my brother. Do, do come, I urged. No, dear friend, not now. You know, dear little Blossom the old pet name that I had from years ago. We have all of eternity before us, but you will bring her to me soon. Colonel Sprague, she said. Just as soon as I may, dear madam, he replied with an expressive look into her eyes. Yes, I understand, she said softly with a sympathetic glance at me and then with a warm hand clasp and a parting injunction, come very soon, she passed swiftly out of my sight. Blessed woman, I said, what a joy to meet her again. Her home is not far away. You can go and see her often. She is indeed a lovely woman. Now, come, little sister. I long to give you welcome to your home. Saying which, he took my hand and led me up the low steps onto the broad veranda with its beautiful inlaid floor of rare and costly marbles and its massive columns of gray between which vines covered with rich glossy leaves of green and were intermingled with flowers of exquisite color and delicate perfume hanging heavily in festoons. We paused a moment here that I might see the charming view presented on every side. It is heavenly, I said. It is heavenly, he said. It could not be otherwise. I smiled my acknowledgement of his of this truth. My heart was too full for words. The entire house, both below and above, is surrounded by these broad verandas. But come within. He led me through a doorway between the marble columns into a large reception hall, 
whose inlaid floors, yolioned window, and broad, low stairway at the far end at once held my fancy. Before I could speak, my brother turned to me, and, talking both my hand, or taking both my hands, said, "Welcome, a thousand welcomes, dearest sister, to your heavenly home. Is this beautiful place indeed my home?" I asked, as well as my emotion would allow. "Yes, dear, yes, dear," he replied. "I built it for you and my brother, and I assure you, it was a labor of love. It is your home, and I am to stay with you." I stay. I said a little confused. No, it is your home, and I am to stay with you till till my brother comes. Always, dear brother, uh, always. I cried, clinging to him. He smiled and said, "We will enjoy the present. We will never be far apart. But come, I am eager to show you all." Turning to the left, he led, still through the beautiful marble columns that everywhere seemed substituted for doorways into a large oblong room, upon whose threshold I stopped in wondering delight. The entire walls and floor of the room were still of exquisite light gray marble, polished to the greatest luster, but over the walls and floor were strewn exquisite long-stemmed roses of every variety and color, from the deepest crimson to the most delicate shades of pink and yellow. Come inside, said my brother. I do not wish to crush those perfect flowers, I answered. Well, then, suppose we gather some of them. I stooped to take one from the floor close to my feet, when, lo, I found it was embedded in the marble. I tried another with the same astonishing results. Then, turning to my brother, I said, What does this mean? You surely do not tell me that none of these are natural flowers. He nodded his head with a pleasure smile and said, This room has a history. Come in and sit with me upon the window seat where you can see the whole room and let me tell you about it. I did as he desired and he continued, One day I was busily working upon the house and a company of young people, boys and girls, came to the door and they asked if they might enter. I gladly gave assent. And then one of them said, Is this house really for Mr. and Mrs. Sprague? It is, I answered. We used to know and love them. They are our friends, and our friends of our parents, and we want to know if we may do something to help you make it beautiful. Indeed you may, I said, touched by the request. What can you do? We were here at the time and looking about, and one of them asked, May we beautify this room? Undoubtedly, I said, wondering what they would try to do. These are little children, young young people. At once the girls, all of whom had immense bunches of roses in their hands, began to throw the flowers broadcast over the floor and against the walls. Wherever they struck the wall, they too, even to my surprise, remained, and as though in some way permanently attached. When the roses had all been scattered, the room looked just as it does now. Only the flowers were really fresh, gathered roses. Then the boys each produced a small case of delicate tools, and in a moment all, boys and girls, 
were down upon the marble floor, busy at work. How they did it, I do not know. It is one of those celestial arts, taught to these of highly artistic taste, but they embedded each living flower just as it was, as it was, as it had fallen into the marble, and preserved it as you see it before you. They came several times before the work was completed, for the flowers do not wither here, nor fade, but we are always fresh and perfect. And such a merry, happy company of young children I never saw before. They laughed and chatted and sang and worked, and I could not help wishing more that once that that for them, uh, I'm sorry, that once that the friends whom they had left mourning for them might look upon this happy group and see how little cause they had for sorrow. At last, when all was complete, they called me to see their work. And I was not chary of my praises either for the beauty of the work or for the skill in performing it then saying they would be sure to return when either of you came. They went together to do something of the same kind somewhere else, no doubt. Happy tears had been dropping on my hands, clasped vitally in my lap during such of this narrative. And now I asked, half-brokenly, for I was deeply touched, who were these lovely people, Frank? Do you know them? Well, of course I know them now, but they were all strangers to me until they came here that morning, except Lulu's Frock. Who are they? They were three Marys, Mary Green, Mary Bates, Mary Chalmers, Lulu's Frog, and May Camden. These were the girls, each lovely and beautiful. The boys, all manly, fine fellows, were Carol Ashland, uh, Carol Ashland, Stanley and David Chalmers, precious children, I said, how little I thought of my love for them in the olden days would ever bring me to this added happiness here. How little we know of the links that bind us into these two worlds. Ah, yes, said my brother. That's just it. How little we know. If only we could realize why are we while we are yet mortals day by day we are building for eternity how different our lives in many ways would be every gentle word every generous thought every unselfish deed will become a pillar of eternal beauty in the life to come we cannot be selfish and unloving in one's life and generous and loving in the next. The two lives are too closely blended. One but a continuation of the other. But come now to the library. And on that note, we'll stop there. Praise God. It's quite a large book. It gets, it's just amazing. Um, and you would greatly like it. Um, probably love it. But what was just said right there, how little we know, if only we realized while we are yet mortals, that day by day we are building for eternity, how different our lives in many ways would be. 
Every gentle word, every generous thought, every unselfish deed will become a pillar of eternal beauty in the life to come. We cannot be selfish and unloving in one life and be generous and loving in the next. The two lives are too closely blended. One, but a continuation of the other. Now remember when she came out of the water and she said she felt different and he said something along the lines of, well, you have washed away some of the earthly stuff or whatever. That, that's for real. Okay. The, so my best estimation of what she saw in this visit to heaven was, and, and it's, it goes on and on. It's, it's, it's quite, quite the book, but, um, so you have the city of God up on Mount Zion <clears throat> where the pearly gates are, which is where Dale Black stopped. He didn't go inside the pearly gates, if you remember from the last program, the last prayer vigil. Um, but he had all these people that, that, he, that loved him and knew him. And he couldn't, he was, he was befuddled. He was like, who are you and why do you love me and how do you know me? <laughs> you know? But I know how they're from our pre-existence. There were millions, no, billions, involved in the Luciferian Rebellion, the War of the Angels, the Angel Wars. Billions. Which is why Psalm um, 82 makes so much sense. Have I not said ye are gods, but you are children of the Most High, sons of God, but ye shall die like men. Well, I don't know about you, but there's only one way a God can die like a man. And that is to incarnate into a human body. It's the only way. And that's why in Genesis 2-7, the very first appearance of our Heavenly Father shows up in the Bible Not too far after Genesis 2-4 where it says, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God Yahweh Elohim... No, no, no. When the uh, Lord God... Yeah. Lord God Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Okay, now, now but again... You go a couple of verses down, and then in Genesis, I believe it's 2-7. I think it is. got to go back and double-check. I'm pretty sure. And I think I misquoted Genesis 2-4, but nevertheless, hold on a second. I, I don't, I don't want to waste too much time digging, digging this up, but I did want to mention to you that if you'll pardon my – the, the Lord God Yahweh Elohim, okay, the, that actual Hebrew phrase – the first time that our Heavenly Father is actually mentioned specifically in the book of Genesis is when he, um, oh gosh, I gotta, I, I need my references. Oh, I wish the computer hadn't crashed. Oh, praise you, Jesus. We're, I don't want to run out of time. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Genesis 2, 4. 
Yeah, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created and the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So that's the Lord God, Yahweh, Elohim. Okay, so that is the first appearance of our Heavenly Father and uh, in Genesis. And then you go to, I believe it's 2-7, 2-7, hold on a second. Yeah, and right afterwards, just a couple of sentences down beneath, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That breathing of God's spirit into the nostrils essentially happens to each of us as we are incarnated into a a human man body, a man body. So the Bible generically refers to men and women as we all, men and women as we all know. It essentially, with a few exceptions, as as a general rule, we see very commonly the reference of men. Men, 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 men. It's not that it's not like some people would say. It has nothing to do with that. The term man, when Jesus said, said, I am the son of man, what it's talking about is it's talking about this flesh, clay, creepy body that we're in that just decays and causes us all kinds of grief. (laughs) Okay? For a lot of different reasons in all phases of our life, if you know what I'm talking about. But anyway... When we leave this, we're in our spirit body, and it's so grand and amazing, and you see, it's unbelievable. I think the last prayer vigil, Dale Black's rendition was quite impressive, and and other people's testimonies as well are very impressive in regard to this. When you leave your body, that's when you come alive, and that when you're a – so the term man is simply referring to – the makeup of the woman of a of a woman and a man's body okay god's grand glorious incredibleness i don't even know how to express it i can't pick the words female and male beings look look every animal on the face of this earth this earth and how many millions of species have we not even uncovered yet that are in the bottom of the ocean and at the depth of the Mariana Trench. And don't even get me going on what could be even further down. The point I'm trying to make here is that there's girl bears and there's boy bears and they procreate the same way. There's girl elephants and boy elephants and they procreate the same way. You know, now with the exception of some of the insect species and some of the, you know, reptiles, which by the way, there's no big surprise there. Um, uh, as a general rule, pretty much all mammals and et cetera, you know, are, have that, that, that similarity. Uh, there's a girl and a boy and okay, well, guess what? Same was the situation with Odin Hedrick when God took him into a city mansion, and there stood before him in this room a male and female being. And it scared him. And he goes, Spirit of God, I do not belong here. I need to leave this place. 
when the Lord God said to Odin Hedrick, not until you learn your lesson. He was standing in a room inside of his city mansion in front of two alien beings, a female and a male alien being. And he knew they were aliens and it freaked him out. The term... You could say otherworldly being or whatever, but it's so grand, it's so amazing. Right there gives away one of the most incredible mysteries of our existence. What are we going to do for all of eternity, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ? Hmm? Right there's your answer. If Odin Hetrick had to learn his lesson, learn how to deal with, learn how to recognize, to see, uh, to interact with, or to understand what is normal and what's not normal, he had to learn a lesson with a male and a female otherworldly being. If it's an otherworldly being, if it's not from the earth, it is what? By definition, it is an alien. Now, there are fallen angelic fallen angels, and they too are also not native to the earth. So by definition, they are aliens, but they are cursed, twice dead, strange flesh, filthy animals, creatures. That's why, isn't it fascinating that, that our Heavenly Father said, now go and preach the gospel to every living creature. I'm like, okay, well, I got a couple of, uh, you know, striped bass here on, in my... Um, Fisher, fisherman net, I'll just go ahead and preach the gospel of Jesus to these bass. No. I'm pretty sure the choice of the word creature was because God knew that eventually we would come to a point where we caught on and he wanted to let us know, don't get a bee in your bonnet over whether or not that person is an it or a he or a she or a descendant, blue blood descendant of the land of Canaan, interbred, or um, part of the Adamic bloodline. Don't worry about it. Just preach the gospel to every living creature. And I'm pretty sure he didn't mean put on a diving bell and go down and preach the gospel to a bunch of octopuses. Okay? But anyway, I just find that so fascinating to have all these all these testimonies and dreams and visions and books and, and stuff written about heaven, and it all comes together. And it forms a harmonic the word is harmonious tapestry of amazing glory. And, you know, as long as I am blessed to be here to be able to deal with blowing up computers and all the stuff I got to deal with, and I know there are people listening to this program right now that are dealing with some pretty bad stuff for real. I get it. I do. We, I think we all have a custom suffering package <laughs> made custom, okay? Because, because if we learn, if we fall in love with our Father, we fall in love with Jesus, we create that, we 
beseech them and we beg them, beseech, please supplicate before them and ask them, fill me with your love. Help me to fall in love with you. I want to overflow. I want to be one with you. I, want, I can't stand it. I want to be a part of you. You know, to, to commune with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to love that time that you have and to adore it and to be desirous of having that harmonious oneness with God. God, the Godhead, which is a part of who we are, and to be so hungry, to hunger and thirst for that loving oneness relationship, because that has to come first, because when it comes first, all the other stuff comes naturally. All those things that it said in that book that I was just reading. Ah, yes, said my brother. This is just it. How little we know. If only we could realize why we were, while we were yet mortals, that day by day, day by day, we are building for eternity. How different our lives would be in many ways. Every gentle word, Every generous thought, every unselfish deed will become a pillar of eternity, beauty, and the life to come. You know, folks, I'm going to say this with the greatest of humility, fear of God, awe of God, and love that I want to increase so much that it overwhelms me. I, I just... I'm so hungry for it, and I hope that you are too. But um, I see in myself over the years, I started out recognizing that I wasn't in love with God, and I got on my knees. Now, I hadn't read Charles and Francis Hunter, How to, How to Heal the Sick, and the way that they fell in love with the Father is they both confessed it with the power of their tongue continuously. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I love you. 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 I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love every day, every day. For how long? I don't know. They even claim that they laid hands on more than 10,000 people and not one of them received a healing before the first one did. And that's what jettisoned their ministry forward, Charles and Francis Hunter. Praise God. When you get the things in the right order, which is what Jesus meant when he said, Physician, heal thyself. When you get the stuff in the right order, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. I don't know about you, but I find that be a very strong challenge. And I begged God. I didn't do it like they did it. I did it the way that I didn't know any. I didn't even know about. It never occurred to me. Uh, you know, I read the book later, and I thought, wow, that's pretty neat because there's life and death and the power, power, power of the tongue. And I thought to myself, wow, that's why we have to confess of our sins. We have to speak it forth because there's life and death and the power of the tongue. It all matches. It's harm. It's perfect harmony. It's a beautiful thing. Praise God.
And I knew if I didn't have the first commandment right, that there was no point in moving forward. Again, that's why Jesus said, physician, heal thyself. How was I supposed to continue forward? How was I supposed to continue my walk in Christ? How was I supposed to do 12 years of radio shows, right? You know, and all the things that I had to go through anyhow still to refine me. And I'm I'm still chiseling at Mount Rushmore trying to figure out if Abraham Lincoln needs a slightly different looking nose or something. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a challenge. But these words are so true. How little we know. If only we could realize while we are yet mortals that day by day we are building for eternity, how different our lives in many ways would be. Every gentle word, every generous thought, every unselfish deed will become a pillar of eternal beauty in the life to come. Angelica Zimbrano, I believe it was, When she was taken to heaven, there was an angel giving her a tour. And as I recall, I'm pretty sure they were flying over, you know, mansions in heaven. And um, she saw angels building bunches of the mansions. She's, you know, building, 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 building mansions everywhere, mansions everywhere, angels, angels, angels. That's what she saw. And um, and I don't doubt that it can be all of the above. Uh, absolutely. I, I can't even imagine why it wouldn't be. Um, but she was befuddled. And she said to the angel, why why aren't, aren't there any angels working on that mansion there? Because she saw, she saw all the angels building and doing all kinds of incredible, unbelievable things with the with the with the mansions and the homes and the Thomas Kincaid country mansions and all that stuff. And and she was looking at it and she saw this one and she saw that the angels were just kind of hanging out. They weren't building anymore. And she said, "Why? Why aren't they? Why aren't they doing anything with that building? They stopped working." And the angel said to her. Because he who the mansion was being built for has started to backslide into sin. So the angels have stopped building. Praise God. Well, Father, this has been a challenging program, but life is always challenging. And I praise you, Lord, and I thank you so much for making life so impossible and presenting to us an understanding that there's no place to run to. No matter where we go, no matter where we think we're running away to to get away from this encroaching darkness, there is no place to run to. When the world turns into a cashless society, when the filth known as the Antichrist becomes the temple of Lucifer, Satan, the beast, 
we praise you, Father, because according to what I read in Second Thessalonians 2, at that point in time, our plane is leaving. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Father, to take advantage, to fall in love with you, to dwell in a secret place of the Most High, to become one with you, intimate, loving, immersed in your glory. Fill us with love overwhelming so that we can't help it. We can't help it. We do good things, we touch people's lives, and we are loving, humble, kind, considerate. I thank you, Father, for teaching me these things. And I thank you for being tolerant of the times when I was a little slow to learn. You're an awesome Father. We praise you. We thank you for this opportunity to lift you up and to glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, at this time, let's go ahead. Didn't expect to have the uh, computer blow up, but that's all right. Still think it was neat. I I was blessed by reading that. I haven't read that in probably 10 years. <laughs> Amazing. Um, learn something new every time. I mean, you, you see the connections and stuff, you know, new connections, new corroboration and such with other pe- others' testimonies. It's amazing. It's exciting. You know, I think we need a lot of heaven right now. We need a lot of hope, a lot of heaven, and a lot of intimacy. A lot of love. A lot of Andrew Murray humility. Praise your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now, let us go ahead and take communion. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. I like to call it the love covenant. This, too, as often as you drink it, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Badodi, Badodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. God bless you all. <laughs> Praise God. God bless you all. See you next Friday. Lord and computer willing. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. And thank you all for joining us tonight. God bless you.
If I'm 